0: What he's gone through is inspiring. You see or hear stories like this, and it helps put certain things within your life in perspective. and allows you to peek through a different lens of life that allows you to recalibrate your own, your own life, your own experiences, it helps you look at your own faults, guides you on ways that you can possibly correct for them.) What up, what up, what up, Spun Today listeners, what's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 190 of the Spun Today podcast, and in this episode, I share my July and August 2021 writing stats. I also share a couple of writing tips that I picked up along the way. Normally, it's just one, but this time you get a bonus. I also share with you what I've been reading. Spoiler alert, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And last but not least, I also read and reflect on a free writing piece that I wrote, which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. Please stick around for all that good stuff, but first here is a very quick way that you can help support the Spunt Today podcast if you so choose. You can support the Spunt Today podcast by checking out my writing you can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies, if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel, titled Fractal. Again, go to sponsorday.com forward slash books to show your support. My writing stats. If you're a regular sponsorday podcast listener, especially these free writing session episodes, you know the drill. Basically, I tell you how many days out of the month I have actually sat down to work on my craft, to work on writing, to actually write. And in July 2021, I wrote 16 out of the 31 days for a writing percentage of 51.6%. For the month of August 2021, I also wrote 16 out of the 31 days of the month for a writing percentage of 51.6%. My goal this month for September, and I am on track to do so, let's see if I actually get there, still too soon to tell, is to beat those numbers from the past couple of months and actually write more which should be the goal for all of my fellow writers out there, right? Like with anything else, the more you do it, the better you get at it, at least in theory. And if your goal like mine is to get better at what it is that you're passionate about, what it is that you want to be doing in life, then that consistency, dedication, stick-to-itiveness is definitely a necessary ingredient. And lastly, I've said it before and I'll say it again, writing it down, keeping track of it, being able to measure it is a great way to keep yourself honest. I mean, if you ask me... How many days out of the month I wrote last month or the month before, I wouldn't be able to tell you right now. And I literally just told you guys, let alone a month from now or two months from now or a year from now. And that being the case, it's easy to trick yourself into thinking that you're doing more than you actually are, unless you are writing it down, measuring it, keeping track of it so that this way you can check yourself and strive to be better. Writing tips. This episode, I have two. Yes, you heard right. Two writing tips to share with you folks. Now, this piece of advice is more widely applicable than just writing, but it is definitely applicable to writing. It's considered a general advice for life. And I got it from James Clear's newsletter from August 5th, 2021, which is a great newsletter, by the way, if you guys haven't subscribed to it, it's completely free. I highly recommend it. His newsletter is called 321. And what you get with his newsletter is three ideas from me, meaning him, two quotes from others, which is the section where I got this piece of advice from that I'm about to share with you guys. And one question for you, Three, two, one. It's a very quick read, great food for thought stuff within it. Anyway, like I said, this one tip that I'm going to be sharing with you guys is from his newsletter, which again, I'll link to in the episode notes if you guys want to check it out and subscribe to it. And it's from the August 5th, 2021 edition. It's a quote from theoretical physicist Richard Feynman. And he said, quote, Fall in love with some activity and do it. Nobody ever figures out what life is all about. And it doesn't matter. Explore the world. Nearly everything is really interesting if you go into it deeply enough. Work as hard and as much as you want to on the things you like to do the best. Don't think about what you want to be. But what you want to do. Keep up some kind of minimum with other things so that society doesn't stop you from doing anything at all. End quote. What I love from that is the reinforcing quote, nobody ever figures out life or what life is all about rather. And the added, it doesn't matter. Que alivio. I thought we were all supposed to be trying to figure this shit out. So it's good to know that's not the case. (laughs) Um, no, but seriously, the my favorite part of this is the part where Richard Feynman states that nearly everything is really interesting if you go into it deeply enough. And I couldn't agree more. I can't tell you how many times I've gone down like a research rabbit hole on some obscure topic like how many big businesses or corporations use prison labor within their business model, a.k.a. modern day slave labor, just because I had a scene within Fractal where the characters were discussing it and I wanted them to know what they were talking about. And then I just spent like a couple hours just reading different things and watching different videos about the topic. And for some writers, some writers love that like research phase of things, which comes out in their writing, right? It comes out very, with a lot of layers, a lot of texture Their writing and very informative. And there are some that go too far and then it becomes like a, what's the saying? Paralysis by analysis uh, type of thing. So you have to find your balance within that. But it does reinforce the fact that anything can be interesting, again, if you go into it deeply enough. And it could literally be anything. It doesn't have to be writing. And if it is writing, you have so many different genres, so many different wormholes within even genres of uh, specific genres within writing and just approaches to writing but it can be anything. It could be, you know, if you, you know, really like blue pens, you know, start researching the history of blue pens and the type of pens and manufacturers within that space and the history of it. And if you like music, take a instrument lesson, take a dozen different instrument lessons. It's like endless possibilities. So I love that. Definitely applicable to writing. The second writing tip that I have for you folks this episode is Quinn Tarantino breaking down his writing process. While he was a guest on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, episode 1675, about 59 minutes and 20 seconds into the episode is when he gets into it, which I will link to in the episode notes if you guys want to check it out and hear it for yourselves. But these are just my takeaways from what he was saying. And he said that before Inglorious Bastards, which is one of his movies, if you guys didn't know, he considered himself kind of an amateur writer in terms of his approach to writing. And by that, what he meant was just, like, writing all night long, you know, really late nights, or going to, like, a restaurant or a coffee shop during the day and, like, ordering stuff and a bunch of cups of coffee and just, like, writing that way. And he didn't mean unprofessional in the sense of, you know, not being paid for his writing or anything like that, because by that time, he had already made a bunch of movies and was already Quentin Tarantino. But he meant that in the sense that it wasn't structured. He didn't approach it. Writing itself in a professional manner, he would just pull all nighters or go to coffee shops and write while he's eating and stuff like that. but he said around uh, writing glorious bastards. I don't remember if he said it was like during it or or right after it. He started taking another approach which he still is following to this day, and he described it as a process that brought him a lot of peace and made the writing process itself very enjoyable again for him and his new process is that he'll Wake up and begin writing around 10 or 11 a.m., and then he'll write straight until about 4 to 7 p.m. That'll be his normal, quote-unquote, workday. Then at the point at which he will cut himself off, he would have completed writing a scene or sequence. That is scenario number one. Or scenario number two, he's in the middle of writing a specific scene or sequence, but he cuts himself off around 4 to 7 p.m., regardless. And his approach to what he does after whether he's written a a complete scene or he's in the middle of the scene is almost identical. He says he has a like a warm water pool in his home and he'll go down after he finishes writing, go into the pool, and if he's in the middle, if he was in the middle of a scene when he stopped, he'll think about what comes next in the scene and he'll think about what he has written And he'll like kind of sort of just float around and meditate on it and think about what he could have written better and ways to punch up what he had written and what is going to come next. Then he gets out of the pool and he'll write down some notes on what he just ruminated on, but he won't actually work on it. That'll be his jump off point to start working off from the next day. Similarly, if he would have completed a complete scene or sequence, he'll go in the pool the same way, meditate on what he wrote you know float around think about it think about ways to punch it up and start thinking about what the next scene is going to be and the direction that the story is going to start going and similarly he'll get out of the pool write down some notes on it but not actually work on it and then the next day that's where he picks up from wakes up at 10 or, or wakes up and then starts writing around 10 or 11 through 4 to 7 p.m then goes into the pool His warm water pool and continues that cycle. And to him, he feels that this brought like a certain amount of like structure to his writing process that has benefited him a ton. And this is somebody else who's extremely accomplished, right? In terms of being a writer, that has given us the same advice that I've shared on this podcast, whether it be um, Stephen King, Stephen Pressfield, Quinn Tarantino, this idea, and Lamont, this idea of having a structured, specific time. Or a window where you get your writing done that nothing can interrupt, nothing can intervene with. And establishing this routine aids tremendously, it seems, in becoming one of these prolific types of writers. And that's definitely gems right there from one of the goats. Wake up around 10 or 11 to start working on something that you love for a few hours and then taking a dip in your warm water pool. That's definitely writing goals. And those folks... Are the writing tips that I have for you for this episode. As mentioned before, I will link to them in the episode notes for you guys to check them out at your leisure. I've been reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, co-written and narrated by Adam Skolnick. David Goggins, for those of you who don't know, is an accomplished endurance athlete. He's done over 60 ultra marathons and triathlons, ultra triathlons, and some of those are like 100 plus mile events. He's been number one or two in some of them. He regularly placed in the top five in a lot of them. He held the, which has since been broken, but he held the Guinness World Record for pull-ups, completing 4,030 pull-ups, 4,030 pull-ups in 17 hours. He's like a fitness guru, for lack of a better term. If you check out his Instagram, he has like funny but inspirational, not meant to be funny but kind of funny, (laughs) like unintentional funny, Uh, motivational videos where he'll be like running. He runs all the time and his wife like drives alongside him and records these videos as he's running and he's like, you think I want to be running right now? I woke up, sat up in bed and stared at my shoes for half an hour. Then I told myself, stop being a little bitch. And I got out here to fight these demons. Stay hard, motherfuckers. Get out and fight those demons. Like shit like that. <laughs> um, he is a retired Navy SEAL who went through two hell weeks. Because during one of his hell weeks, like towards the end of it, when he was like about to finish it. And th- during like a running event, he completed the running event on two broken legs. But he had to redo hell week because of it. And he did. And he was a Navy SEAL, which is like sick in and of itself. And he is the, he as a Navy SEAL, I think he was like the 20-somethingth or like 30th African-American Navy SEAL ever. Aside from that, he is the one and only U.S. Armed Forces member who is not only a Navy SEAL, but also completed U.S. Army Ranger School, where he graduated as an enlisted honor man and an Air Force tactical air controller. So he pretty much went through each of the branches of military and rised to the cream of the crop of each of them. He's a sick individual. He tells a dope story, actually, which I'm not sure if I have in my notes. So I'm going to say it now just in case I don't. Of being in Bud's training, like to be a Navy SEAL. And in one of his classes was Marcus Luttrell, which if you guys don't know marcus luttrell is the guy from that movie lone survivor that uh, mark Wahlberg uh, played him portrayed him in that film that's based on the true story of a real person marcus luttrell who was actually on rogan's podcast if you the real person if you guys wanted to check that out it's that movie lone survivor where i believe it took place in vietnam if i'm not mistaken but i could be getting that wrong but he was pretty much a prisoner of war and he was the lone survivor like his entire team was killed and he was captured and they were all tortured and he like lived through it and made it out of there. But during like Bud's training, he was there at the same time as as Goggins. Goggins tells a funny story about him that he couldn't run worth a shit, uh, Marcus Luttrell, and he always hated running. So while he was in Bud's training, he actually has a twin brother that he had um, like come visit him, you know, during while he was in, in training And he stayed in his dorm or his room or whatever. And his brother was actually a better runner than him, his twin brother. So his twin brother went and did like all the running exercises like for him, like for a day, and did like went through like all of Bud's training. And like only like certain people within his platoon like knew about it or whatever, but none of the superiors did. So they like completely got away with it. And his brother actually later on, after college or something like that or a couple years later, wound up also becoming a Navy SEAL. I thought that was a, a pretty interesting story. Anyway, that's who David Goggins is in a nutshell. And he is the author of the book that I've been reading or listening to the audiobook. And what's crazy is that he wasn't always, you know, like this, like you you guys can see he had like a really troubled uh, childhood, but there was a point in time when he was like 350, 400 pounds, kind of a loser. And he says that himself, um, working like part-time as a exterminator completely unhealthy broke with no direction before he decided to embark on this uh, military career and I love stories like his because just his journey his the arc of his life so far what he's gone through is inspiring you see or hear stories like this and it helps put certain things within your life in perspective and allows you to peek through a different lens of life that allows you to recalibrate your own your own life, your own experiences, helps you look at your own faults, guides you on ways that you can possibly correct for them, etc. So that's why I really appreciate stories like this. Anyway, here is the official synopsis of Can't Hurt Me and then I'll get into some of my notes and takeaways. For David Goggins, childhood was a nightmare. Poverty, prejudice And physical abuse colored his days and haunted his nights. But through self-discipline, mental toughness, and hard work, Goggins transformed himself from a depressed, overweight young man with no future into a U.S. Armed Forces icon and one of the world's top endurance athletes. The only man in history to complete elite training as a Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, and Air Force Tactical Air Controller. He went on to set records in numerous endurance events, inspiring Outside Magazine to name him the fittest real man in America. In Can't Hurt Me, he shares his astonishing life story and reveals that most of us tap into only 40% of our capabilities. Goggins calls this the 40% rule and his story illuminates a path that anyone can follow to push past, demolish fear, And reach their full potential. That's the official synopsis. And then it just has... It's like extra sentence here, which is kind of like the perfect segue. uh, Which says, an annotated edition of Can't Hurt Me. Offering over two hours of bonus content. Featuring deeper insights and never before told stories shared by David. Not available in other formats. So the audiobook, this is what's dope about the audiobook. One of my uh, favorite things about this audiobook aside from like I said his story in and of itself is the fact that it's narrated by Adam Skolnick and I believe co-written by him as well but it's you know obviously David Goggins' life story but what they do in a very trailblazing way that I'm pretty sure is going to catch on I know it's something that I've taken a mental note of that I want to attempt to do with future books of mine that not all books, obviously, because this wouldn't work for, for fiction really. But after each chapter, they have a podcast, like shooting the shit and reflection on that chapter. So Adam Skolnickel asks David some like follow-up questions. Coggins gives some additional insights into the chapter that was just read and they have the type of conversation that you would have on a podcast. Like open, free-flowing conversation, which I love, obviously, and listeners of podcasts revere as well. And at first, I was like, would that work? Is that going to work? Uh, it feels, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because like, when I listen to a podcast, I want to hear a podcast. When I listen to an audiobook, I want to hear an audiobook. Like I have those two things like compartmentalized in my head. So it didn't sound like something that would work, but it worked flawlessly it enhanced the experience of the audiobook by like leaps and bounds again so much so that i want to try to do that with my nonfiction, and i think a lot of folks are gonna follow suit like i honestly think it was a home run but right let me give you some some notes and reflections on different parts of the book different things that stood out to me and i decided to jot down and a lot of it is quoted some of it is paraphrased Most of it is actually paraphrased, I think, but I'm just going to rattle some of it off. The first thing I wrote down was a quote from the forward, which, looking at it in hindsight, is pretty dope because it applies to the entire book. And it's "Don't stop when you're tired; stop when you're done." He tells an interesting, uh, has an interesting take on a part of his childhood when he and his brother and his mom were growing up with a very abusive father that just used to he, like, goes into details about some of the stories that just used to beat the shit out of him, like, with a buckle of a belt, and fuck, man, just having kids, like, I can't, I can't picture, I can't even, oh, man, it's, like, sad to say, but that's, like, something that, you know, growing up, you you may have been, like, spanked here or there for doing something that you shouldn't have been doing, or, like, punished, or, like, stuff like that, but, like, just, like, literally get, your ass beat all the time for like tiny things sometimes. He actually told a story of one time his father was like so controlling that he told him, "Don't ride your bike in the street. Uh, if you do, you, you know, I'm a beat your ass, basically." And he was riding on the sidewalk, and then um, he was uh, about to you know, he was riding up and on the sidewalk with his friends and stuff like that, and then he was turning his bike around like by the by a driveway like to head back and he says that he remembers it like so vividly that the the like an inch of a wheel when he was turning it turning his bike around in the driveway touched the street but it's not like he rode in the street or anything like that just the tip of the wheel touched it then he drove back home and his dad was watching the whole time on the porch and as soon as he got in the house he started beating the shit out of him for riding his bike in the street quote unquote it was like sick shit like that but anyway, this clip, I'm going to play this clip. It's a short one where he talks about his father at that time. He like owned like a nightclub or something like that. And he was very much on on the whole, you know, keeping up appearances and moving up with Joneses like type of lifestyle. And I just love the way this sentence is constructed and like the meaning behind it, which is glossy surfaces reflect much more than they reveal. And this is the clip that it's from.
1: We had a vegetable garden out back and a two-car garage stocked with a 1962 Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud, a 1980 Mercedes 450 SLC, and in the driveway was a sparkling new 1981 black Corvette. Everyone on Paradise Road lived near the top of the food chain. And based on appearances, most of our neighbors thought that we, the so-called happy, well-adjusted Goggins family, were the tip of that spear but glossy surfaces reflect much more than they reveal.
0: Glossy surfaces reflect much more than they reveal. It was sad to hear how he described his, how he saw his mom like growing up and how he felt, you know, like helpless and, and being able to like help her and stuff like that with, you know, growing up with, with the husband the way that she did uh, with his father. And he described it in an interesting way. He says that it was like, there were invisible tripwires all around in her world like the slight she could do like the slightest thing that didn't seem like anything just seemed normal to like anyone but it was like a quote unquote invisible tripwire that would just like set him off into him like hitting her and stuff like that another note i wrote down was him referring to living in the house and his brother and his dad and his mom and stuff like that He described it as living parallel lives in the same house. I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. There's a little motivational takeaway that I wrote down. He says, the ticket to victory often comes down to bringing your very best when you feel your worst. Here's another one. Leaning on your callous mind can shift your mindset just as if you were going up against an opponent. So treat your mind as if it were an opponent. And then you can get out of a negative brain loop and avoid falling for those one second impulses to give up. So this could be when you're exercising or anything or you know, writing or setting a goal for yourself or whatever. But treat that one second impulse to like give up or stop or quit. Treat that as the opponent. I thought that was an interesting tool, mental tool that you can apply in a myriad of ways. And this one was just like an interesting statistic. He says, we are all slaves to our minds. The average person has 2,000 to 3,000 thoughts per hour. Most people don't even try to master being able to govern their own thought process. And even for those that do, negative thoughts and ideas will always get past the goalie anyway. Another note I wrote down was, when the heart rate goes up, everything else goes up you have to slow down the tempo to regain composure so that when you ramp up again you will be in control another note was when you practice visualization don't just visualize the win visualize everything that can go wrong and how you will get past those things that have gone wrong which is an interesting take right a lot of times like when folks speak about like visualization and like vision boards and being positive and stuff like that they you don't hear that other side of it, the not nah, Don't just focus on winning and stuff like that because a lot of the times you're not going to. You're not going to win. Like visualize losing and what you're going to do when shit goes wrong, when the plan doesn't go as planned. And then visualize what to do when that situation happens. So this way you're like that much more prepared. This is a dope quote in like breaking down like one of the events, either like one of the basic trainings that he was in or maybe one of the, like, ultra marathons, I don't remember which, but in a lot of different ones, there were, like, different things that went wrong, like, I mentioned him, like, running and finishing a training on two broken legs, um, there was one situation in a, like, triathlon where he went flying off a bike and, like, dislocated both of his shoulders and broke his hand, and, like, cra- a lot of, like, different, like, crazy shit like that happened, in, like, swimming and, like, underwater, like, yeah, you he had to like hold his breath on the water and like passed out like a bunch of like different things. But anyway, in the description of one of those events, he says, quote, pain was the mother tongue. End quote. That was just dope. Okay, this next one is about his uh, 40% rule, which is most of us give up after only giving 40% effort. That is the 40% rule. When we feel exhausted, and like we can't go on We have to push through that and realize we still have 60% more to give. That mentality will help us go above and beyond. Here's an important takeaway. Most of us are motivated as hell to pursue our dreams. Until those around us remind us of how difficult it is or how risky it is. And even though they are well-intentioned, they can deter us from accomplishing our dreams. And we'll let them. Here's another clip I'll play for you guys.
1: That's one reason I invented the cookie jar. We must create a system that constantly reminds us who the fuck we are when we are at our best. Because life is not going to pick us up when we fall. There will be forks in the road, knives in your fucking back, mountains to climb. And we are only capable of living up to the image we create for ourselves. Prepare yourself. We know life can be hard, and yet we feel sorry for ourselves when it isn't fair. From this point forward, accept the following is is Goggins' laws of nature. You will be made fun of you will feel insecure. You may not be the best all the time. You may be the only black, white, Asian, Latino, female, male, gay, lesbian, or fill in your identity here in a given situation. There will be times when you feel alone. Get over it. Our minds are fucking strong. They are our most powerful weapon, but we have stopped using them. We have access to so many more resources today than ever before, yet we are so much less capable than those who came before us. If you want to be one of the few to defy those trends in our ever-softening society, you will have to be willing to go to war with yourself and create a whole new identity, which requires an open mind. It's funny. Being open-minded is often tagged as new age or soft. Fuck that. Being open-minded enough to find a way is old school. It's what knuckle-draggers do. And that's exactly what I did.
0: What else? I also wrote down, the battlefield for me was my own mind. In the military, we always say we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Here's another sentence that I love the way it was written. And he's describing like some event in the water. Again, I don't remember if it was from one of the military trainings or one of the triathlons. But he says, quote, I drank seawater and my stomach flip-flopped like a fish gasping in fresh air. Passion, obsession, and talent are only useful tools if you have the work ethic to back it up. Let's fucking go. I love that. Here's an interesting one. Schedule your life like you're on a 24-hour mission every single day. So wake up tomorrow. You have 24 hours. You're on a mission, like some high-level military mission. How are you scheduling your day to, like, win your day? approach and attack your life in that way that definitely sounds like it'll yield results but also sounds very intense analyze your schedule kill your empty habits burn the bullshit and see what's left that one i'm definitely for that's mine is like more of a um rosy version of that but like what i do with writing down the days that i write versus the days that i didn't write and analyzing that month over month In order to try to tweak my writing habits. Life will present us similar opportunities. To become uncommon amongst uncommon men. Start at zero every day with new goals. Your supposed superiority is a figment of your own ego. That's bars right there. And just have a few more here. Stop competing with the world. Most people don't even try. Whatever it is that you attempt. And whether they do or don't. They definitely don't give a shit whether you triumph or fail. Everybody's lives is consumed with their own things. Nobody cares as much as you think they do. So like you said, stop competing with the world. Ah, oh, fuck. This one's so sad. Um, so his brother growing up, he had issues with him because there was a point in time in his childhood when his mom got up the courage to leave the father. And it was, like, an abrupt thing. They were at the, like, kitchen table type of thing, if I'm remembering it correctly. And the mom was like, come on, boys, let's go. We're leaving. And the father was like, you know, where are you going to go? You're not going to find another man to take you in with two kids, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And, you know, she actually left. And David Goggins was like, peace, I'm out. And the brother wound up staying with the father. So that kind of, and, you know, the brother, you know, took on the same abuse that david goggins did and and the mother too it wasn't like he was like a favorite or something like that like he was getting his ass beat as well um but it was something that caused the rift between them and you know the brother you know grew up in and out of trouble then eventually got his life together and i think he became a doctor or something like that and goggins kind of kept tabs on his brother through the mother um who you know always maintained a relationship with her son you know, like the big things he knew about, like when he had a kid, when he got married and like stuff like that. But he never really had a a close relationship with him. And this was super sad. He says that the issues between him and his brother melted away after his 18 year old niece, Kayla, was shot and killed during an altercation with acquaintances of her friends That she was hanging out with. So his niece was hanging out with some friends. And then some acquaintances of those friends that had some sort of beef, you know, showed up. And there was, you know, some fighting. Somebody pulled out a gun and she unintentionally got killed. And then he also adds that uh, the Buddha says that life is suffering. And um, I'm remembering the way he described it was he was somewhere with uh, his mom... And they uh, got the call of what happened, and he like drove, you know, eighty miles an hour to his brother's house. You know, I forget how far away it was, and the brother was at the scene of of what happened, and you know they were waiting for him when he got home. And when he got home, he would he like walked through the door after he was you know finally identified his dead daughter, and um just like broke down, started crying and cog and tugged them and fuck sad. And then I just have uh, two more takeaways, which is the first one is how do you want your book to read at the end of your life? So the book of your life, what do you want it to say when it's all said and done? And he ends the book or towards the end of the book, at least with an explanation of what he thinks happens. When we die, when all of us die, what happens? What is the afterlife? What is that like? And it was really interesting. He says that he thinks that, you know, we get to heaven and we pretty much have like a sit down interview with God and that God has our names on a piece of paper and on it he has like a chart of what our lives were and what our lives were supposed to be and what we could have what we were capable of and what we accomplished, what we didn't accomplish, et cetera. And that we sit down with God in this sort of like interview type setting. And he points all this stuff out to us. And, you know, he goes on to give the example of like himself when he was like 350, 400 pounds working as an exterminator, you know, feeling like a loser versus how he turned his life around and where he's at now. And he says, which is pretty badass. That he lives his life now wanting to exceed even God's expectations for himself. He wants God to be in disbelief of what he's able to accomplish. How's that for motivation? Can't hurt me. Master your mind and defy the odds by David Goggins and Adam Skolnick. Check it out. I highly recommend it. The free writing piece that I'm going to share with you guys today is called... The Turbid Terrain. It's posted on my website, spuntoday.com forward slash free writing on September 15th, 2021. And I actually wrote it, initially wrote it about a month before then. I'm going to read it to you guys first and then I'm going to give you a little bit of background on it. And I wrote, she sang to him softly in his ear right there on the idle street corner. He sat on his walker's chair Staring into space as her melodic tone anticipated him having a glimpse at their past long life together. I hope he got to see. I hope he got to reminisce on all the laughs, the kisses, the intimate moments shared. And I also hope he got to see the rough patches on their journey. The turbid terrain. So that looking back on those moments all these years later, he can find solace and peace In knowing that they made it through. She sang for him the way I want to be sung to one day. The way I'd like to sing if I find myself with the opportunity to do so. Here's to not letting the music stop. And I wrote that on Sunday, July 25th, 2021. Sometime in the afternoon. I don't have the exact time for this one. And here's why. Here's the background. So I was driving to my brother's house on a Sunday afternoon. I forget why, picking him up to go somewhere to do something. And I saw this elderly older Asian couple, I assume they were a couple, standing in on a corner. And the man was you know those walkers that are that like double S chairs that some old folks use? He was sitting on that walker. You know, just standing in the corner, sit sitting on that walker, facing forward. And she was standing behind him, you know, like the way someone would, that's like holding a wheelchair behind someone and she's like leaning in and it seemed like she was talking to him or at least in my initial or interpretation of that scene, she was singing to him, right? Like that's, I don't know, that's the thought that I had in my mind when I saw that, you know, I was just like, I had a stop sign, saw them in the corner, kept driving Then I had these, like, thoughts, and I pulled over, and I free wrote this on my phone, which for some reason, after one of the updates on fucking iPhone, or maybe I just don't know how to look for it now, before it used to say, like, the day and the time of a note that you take, and now it just says the date, I don't know, like, where the hell the time is, but, yeah, that's why I don't have the specific time. So, yeah, like, I was moved, I guess the proper term would be, or... Uh, just had like these thoughts that I that I wanted to write down, based on the image that I had of of that elderly. What in my mind it was a couple, which again I don't know if it was a couple. Just like I don't know if she was singing to him or talking to him or yelling at him or cursing him out or maybe he was saying, "Hey, come closer," and then said, "Fuck you, I hate you," or something like that. Like who knows? <laughs> um, but these were the thoughts that I had, and some of it could be like projecting. like certain thoughts of my own and, you know, like mixing things in my life, like, you know, my father struggling with dementia and like seeing him fade away. And I kind of projected that onto this man that was in this walker and the woman that was with him as his wife. And I just pictured like this couple and her singing to him. And like the way he was, he was kind of sort of like staring across the street, but like staring into space. And there was like a longing in the way he was looking, like he was like searching for something, which is why I wrote that sentence the way I did, which is staring into space as her melodic tone anticipated him having a glimpse at their past long life together. Like as if, you know, he has dementia or Alzheimer's or like has forgotten. And she's like trying to remind him with a... Familiar song, and then I wrote that I hope he did get to see and did get to remember all the good times and stuff like that, but also the bad times so that he can be able to look back at the past good and bad times but have you know take solace in the fact that they made it through those bad times and like look where they are now. Happy older couple, she still has like ride or die no matter what, and in remembering those like bad times you're kind of like, damn, I did make the right decision after all, even though I was like so pissed at her for X, Y, and Z, you know, way back when. And then I ended it with, you know, she sang for him the way I want to be sung to one day. I think that's pretty straightforward. You know, if I'm in a position like that, I would hopefully have my wife there for me in that way and vice versa. Um, The way I'd like to sing if I find myself with the opportunity to do so, you know, if the shoe's on the other foot. I'd want to be there for my wife in that way, and that, folks, is the free writing piece that I had to share with you today. Again, it's titled "The Turbid Terrain," which, by the way, it has um, the turbid terrain has just like the title has a history in and of itself. Even though I did write it within this free writing piece because I like recalled it from from memory, but I wrote down "turbid terrain" as something i I don't remember if it was like the word turbid that i heard somewhere then i looked it up to see what it meant and the definition had you know or the the sentence had uh, turbid terrain within it or if just the that title itself the turbid terrain like came to me i don't remember exactly but i know i wrote down the turbid terrain and i literally wrote you know use as a title for something so i guess this is that something (laughs) that weeks or months later I wound up actually using. But anyway, spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. The Turbid Terrain is the title of this piece. Written on July 25th, 2021, but posted on to the Today website on September 15th, 2021. And that, folks, was episode 190 of the Today podcast. Thank you very much for sticking around. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please let me know. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Stay in touch. Sign up to my newsletter, sponsor.com forward slash subscribe and stick around to listen to a few other ways you can help support this show if you so choose. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic Podcasts vs. Anybody t shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design, Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors and all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts, definitely go there and check it out, spuntoday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section. Where you can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side, and the tagline that I end every show with on the other which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies, if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel, titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social, at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full-length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube, or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm gonna do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally for my fellow wordsmiths out there a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab again this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time again go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one if you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, sponsor.com forward slash support, click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge. You will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar recurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find the five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you,
1: Aiden. I love you, Daddy.